This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This weekend, two clubs backed by dodgy and fabulously wealthy ownership groups will go head to head. But enough about Manchester United versus Spurs. It's Thursday, the 11th of January. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Joe Richard. And this is the City Report Podcast. It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, champions of Europe. Manchester City are kings of Europe. Crown. Had you go in there, Joe, didn't I? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I think it was a factually, uh, yeah, a completely factually accurate statement. So well done. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, how, how are things? Are you? Uh, I hear you're having unseasonably warm weather up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it's been uh, very New England. We we had about a foot of snow and then about two inches of rain and then 50 degrees Fahrenheit uh, weather. So that melted away all the snow it's been very weird um but i don't mind seeing snow go away so at this point i'm not complaining yep. you uh you stay warm in your neck of the woods uh it's just above freezing here but that means the massive amount of uh precipitation we've received has just made everything wet damp and just relatively like i would rather have snow if it's going to be almost freezing um right right but i'm also lucky enough that i can work from home so you know i can get around it um, mm-hmm. but let's go ahead and talk about the match we're actually here to talk about this weekend, which is uh city versus Newcastle. Um, and we're going to look at kind of what Newcastle's going through. We're going to, um, you know, figure out what do we want to see? What do we expect to see? Um, talk about a few other points and, uh, we'll, we're just going to play fast and loose. So, uh, let's go ahead and start with, um, you know, Newcastle who obviously had such a great season last year kind of unexpectedly a little bit ahead of schedule um not really having that level of success i would say this season given that they're in ninth would you agree with me joe yeah it feels like there's been a little bit of uh plateauing um 
I think there's a, a handful of reasons for that. I think first and foremost, Newcastle fans will probably tell you to, it's down to injuries and um, also a certain Italian getting suspended for gambling. Um, but, you know, you look at that that Nick Pope injury in particular, this is a side that were heralded for their, their defense last season. And um, yes, they have the most clean sheets in the league right now with seven. But if you look at their last five league games, they've conceded uh, 13 goals, which is, if my math checks out, not good. So I think that's <clears throat> really something that, you know, they were able to hang their hat on last season and really the first quarter of this season. Um, and and now they're just kind of leaking goals, which is not something we're used to seeing. So I think, you know, between that, and like I said, injuries, they're just, they're not the side that we were accustomed to seeing last year. Yeah. I mean, compared to last se- or you know, last season, you're right. Like they are not defensively stout, which I think the best comparison for that is the fact that they have let in the same amount of goals as Spurs who, you know, famously are, not playing defense this year. And when they are playing defense, it's usually with not actual center backs at the back. But in Newcastle's defense, they have had a similar kind of bad run of injuries and suspensions like Spurs have had, um, particularly on their back line. So for this game, obviously, uh, the aforementioned Sandro Tonali will not be playing. Um, Nick Pope out with a dislocated shoulder. Matt Target out with a hamstring. Joe Willick out with a Achilles tendon injury, Javier Manquillo out with a groin injury, Jacob Murphy out with a shoulder injury, Harvey Barnes out with an ankle injury, Elliot Anderson out with a back injury, and Callum Wilson out with a calf injury. So there's a lot of people missing for Newcastle. Um, and that's just one of those things you can't really account for. Like ha- you can't mm. plan to not have <clears throat> your players available like that. Like no squad could handle that kind of, amount of missing pieces in it and perform at anywhere close to their highest level. No. And I mean, you look at, uh, you know, the most recent fixture between these two in the cup, you know, uh, Tenali was playing, Murphy was playing, uh, target was playing. Pope was playing all from the start. Like these are, you know, key players that are playing on a regular basis. And again, you take them out of the side that that's a, a good spine in your team. Obviously, you know, they still have the likes of Alexander Isak. They still have Anthony Gordon, um, Bruno Gimarias in the middle and all that, but you're talking about key players who, again, ha- have been in the side um, and when they've played, been influential. So, yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't matter the size of your squad, the quality of your squad. You lose that many players, it it halts momentum, it halts you know consistency within the squad. Um, and I expect it to be a very different game than what we've seen in the two fixtures this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um... The you know it is interesting because looking at kind of form of this fixture of the last five, you've got a, a you know five nil win for us in May 2022. Then start of last season is the three three just crazy time match at St James Park, and then mm-hmm. we beat them two nil at the Etihad, beat them one nil at the Etihad again to start this season. And then, you know, lose one nil away from home. So um, the overall head to head in the last 29 fixtures is three wins for Newcastle, three draws for both sides, and then 23 wins for City. But of the wins and draws, like one of each of those has come in the last four fixtures, like 
this kind of really has changed compared to over the last decade, they were not this side. But I do think that I would, I'm not saying I expect this to be a five nil. I do expect this to probably be closer to the two nil or one nil win for city than the three, three draw or the one nil win for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I I think going into it, I'm far more confident than I probably would have been maybe four to six weeks ago. Um, that's both City kind of finding themselves in better form and Newcastle, again, like we've been mentioning, putting themselves in a, a difficult situation. Um, what's interesting too, just I know we'll get to City's lineup a little bit later on, but um, you kind of look at the respective lineups of the reverse fixture in the league, the one nothing win where Foden kind of, dominated from start to finish you know there's a lot of players in that city 11 that I would expect to feature at the weekend and then at the same time there's still a fair amount of players in the Newcastle side bar probably Nick Pope and Tenali who I expect to feature so it's one of those games you know going to St. James Park is not easy um, it, it could very well be another gritty you know nil nil one nil match but um, based on form and I think you know the, the direction that city's heading in in particular um, I would expect them to go into this game confident that they can pull out the three points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a natural place to transition to talking about City. Um, and first, just stopping and saying there's looks like three players, actually only two, because they still have Zach Steffen listed, um, despite <laughs> him no longer playing for the club. But our, our only injuries um, are John Stones with an ankle injury, expected back mid-Jan 2024, <clears throat> and Erling Holland, foot injury mid-January 2024. Do we th- and I think possibly a kanji too mm. is, you know, we haven't heard obviously from Pep's presser yet, but my guess is he won't be available for this fixture. Yeah. So if you, you know, take those three out, I frankly, I don't really want to see any of them. Um, if, if Unless Holland is fully a hundred percent cleared, there's, I don't think any reason to rush him back to play against Newcastle stones. I think we can get by and a kanji. It probably was just a contact injury. Like it's not necessarily a mm-hmm. muscle given, the tackle that he suffered against Huddersfield, but we have the ability to not play him. So I would rather not if we can, you know, overall, would you agree? Yeah. um, The only thing I maybe, and obviously, you know, we haven't heard from Pep yet, but I think with Holland's injury in particular, I definitely err on the side of side of caution where city's next match after this isn't for another 14 days, two weeks exact. And with that type of injury, you know, it's it's not like a, you know, I know the guys have been talking about it on the pod earlier this week with Kev coming back, with Doku coming back, muscle injuries that, you know, they need to get steady minutes, build up minutes in their legs with Holland. Like, yes, there is that because anytime you come back from time away, you need minutes. But where he has that stress fracture, like the longer you can rest it, the better. Um, obviously, I'm not writing off Newcastle and saying it's a, it's a game that we don't need him for necessarily. But um, again, where you have two weeks... Um, after this, obviously, there's a trip planned to Abu Dhabi in between. And then I think it's another week after that or something. You know, there's, there's time in between that to me now is the time to get him the rest that he needs, gear up for, quote unquote, the run in. And um, I, I'd rest him stones if he's available. I have no issues with him playing a part. Um, and again, Akanji, I just I'd be surprised if he's in the squad. It, it seemed like a pretty nasty looking injury. I don't know the severity, but I think we have enough coverage at the back that we should be okay there. Yeah. So, you know, if we talk through kind of what we want to see versus what we expect to see, I mean, I think if 
if both Stones and Akanji are out in defense, I think the defense basically picks itself, which would be Walker, Diash, Ake, Gabardiol. Agreed. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's a, there's not a role for Gomez or Lewis in in the defense in this game. No. Um, and then midfield, I think obviously Rodri's a lock. Phil's a lock. Maybe not at midfield, I, I, but I'd go. I, I'd go those two and Kovacic as my midfield three. To be honest with you, I think it's the most balanced mm-hmm. mid. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Kovacic, and yeah. I think he's playing his way back into form. I also again. It's it's going to be a, a a gritty matchup. I just think a player of his, you know, he can sit next to Rodri. Either of them could go forward. It it allows Phil a little bit more freedom. I don't expect Kev to start. I expect him to feature, but I don't think he'll start. So, um, in a way, I think that midfield kind of picks itself. To be honest with you, some might argue Nunez, but I think Kovacic is more fitting for this. And then uh, Grealish and Bernardo on the wings with Alberto through the middle. Yeah, I, again, it's it, it feels weird saying that it picks itself because obviously, you know, Doku looked great in his uh, cameo against Huddersfield. But I think if you have the luxury of the players like De Bruyne and Doku potentially coming off the bench and Nunez, Rico Lewis, um, you know, for all the struggles that we've had this season with lack of depth and a lot of youngsters on the bench, I think, you know, we're slowly working our way back to a position where, you know, there's some real impact subs and, um, I think for some of these players that we've mentioned, the likes of Kovacic, Alvarez, even to a maybe a lesser extent, Grealish, you know, these are players who are going to get their minutes cut into when those players come back and are playing regularly. So, um, you know, they'll have a point to prove. And um, I think that's only for the betterment of the team. Yeah. And uh, if it goes as we expect, that is essentially actually the Sheffield United lineup, except you're swapping out Akanji for Diash. Um <clears throat> And frankly, like that was a really good performance in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I would be very happy to see that roll out. And then your point about choosing between Grealish and Doku, um, you know, my thoughts generally on Doku, I've made them on this pod that I don't know that. I think a lot of people got too excited for him too soon. I think it's this, a similar thing with Oscar Bob. But uh, in this game in particular, I do think, and if you're talking about Doku's role to me where he's the best is, I would rather put Doku on as a sub than Grealish in terms of the game state we're likely to be in and the, right. you know, the fitness, particularly Newcastle have played a lot of games. They have a lot of injuries. So any players they have are going to be on tired legs, um, which just increases Doku's ability to do the things he is good at compared to if he's playing from the start and then you're subbing him off because right. there's no way he's ready for a full 90. To me, he is more impactful if, you use him as a last 40, you know, minute sub. Right. And, and I think what's what I'm realizing now too, you know, looking back to last season, we had players who weren't playing regularly, like Riyad Mahrez, for example, and he was always one of those players who kind of struggled to make an impact when he wasn't starting. Um, I think this year things have changed a little bit, obviously with Kev's injury. I think I expect for the next month, month and a half, he'll be more of a substitute than a starter. So, you know, anytime he can get on the pitch, he'll make an impact. Same with Doku. I think Nunez has been brilliant off the bench. Um, Lewis, Bob, like all these players that are, again, great to have as, you know, 15, 20, 30-minute cameos. And then, you know, to kind of tack on to your point about Doku, I I would expect Newcastle would go with probably Gordon, Isak, and Almiron up front or maybe, you know, one rotation in there. That's that's a pacey front three um, that I don't want to see City get caught out in transition against, and 
Um, I know it's an oversimplification of, of Grealish's talent, but you know, he is a player who doesn't give the ball away. Same with Bernardo Silva and against that front three of Newcastle, it's exactly what you want. Um, so in that sense, I think the front three is just a, a natural option and one that I would expect Pep to go with. I absolutely agree with you. So uh, I think it's a good place to take a break. And when we come back in part two, we're going to talk a little bit about what this game means in the context of City season overall. Um, so we'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us across all social media platforms at City Report Pod. Uh, tell a friend, tell your enemies. We don't really care uh, as long as it gets us more listeners. Um, <laughs> so last season when we played against Newcastle at St. James Park, it was a point. And I think City fans were a little disappointed at the time. But as the season went along, that point started to look really good given how great Newcastle were both away from home and at home and where they ended up in the table. Um, do you think that a point at St. James Park this season, Joe, against a Newcastle team currently sitting in ninth is good enough? Um, I think I I try not to subscribe to the must win theory, but I think given where the two clubs are at form wise, health wise, schedule wise, um, this is a real opportunity for city to continue to kick on. And I think the other thing that we need to keep in mind is the Premier League's technically entering its, um, winter break. So, there's only a handful of fixtures this weekend. Um, one of them does include Aston Villa, who's obviously above City in the table. Granted, City have a game in hand, but Liverpool don't play till the following weekend. So City are in a position where if they get three points, you know, they pull within two points of Liverpool. They'll be even on games played. I think it's just a little bit more of that pressure. Um, so again, circumstantially, I think it is a, I'm not going to use the term must win, but I think it's a, a, a match that, Walking away with a point is going to feel like a disappointment. Um, what, what do you? What so do you think about that? I, I mean, I agree with you that it's not a must-win because we are too early in the season. But this is a type of match you have to win if you want to take the title home. Yeah, and yeah, these are, these are the games you look back on, right? In yeah, a few months, particularly given that 
Newcastle might be a much better side towards the end of the season. So City need to capitalize on the fact that they are playing a weekend Newcastle um, when some of their title rivals may not be playing such a weekend Newcastle. And so if they can pick up this point and others don't pick up those points, I think that really can make a, a difference here. Um, and I also just think that given that this we've not had great runs of wins so far this season, and that is something that we typically start doing around now, for me to feel like the squad is heading in the right direction and that we are going to go toe-to-toe with a Liverpool team that does seem to be more in line with the teams that we have been in title races with at Liverpool than the seasons they haven't, even though I do think they're, there are more questions about this Liverpool side than Liverpool sides past that have pushed us. Yep. Um, I just think that we this is the type of game that they need to put a stamp on the league and make a statement that says we are back we are in form we found ourselves like we're you know ready for this fight well and on top of that too i you know in talking about kind of this gap that city have in scheduling to me the 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 consequences of dropping points of any nature are yes you're two weeks without a game then you return by playing tottenham away right so say City drop points, whether it's a loss or a draw. Then you have a fixture that City are notoriously not great in. Um, and like you said, you don't want to be going on these many spells of you know bad form, dropping points. Uh, I, I think this is, like you said, a real chance for City to kick it into the next gear, get these players back up and running, um, go into the warm weather break with, with three points and good momentum. And um, again, I, I think with the lineup that we talked about, the expectation should be three points. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If we, if we win this, this would be uh five, I believe it, or no, actually, sorry. I think we already are on five wins in a row. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Counting all comps. Yeah. Yeah. Counting all comps were five wins in a row. And the only other time you can say that about this season was from October 21st, uh, Brighton two one. And then we played young boys, United Bournemouth, young boys in a row. Um, so some relegation scrapping teams. Correct. Um, yeah. So this would be, I think it's a re- really good opportunity for a whole host of reasons. Um, and also, look, you know, as you noted, Liverpool aren't um, playing this weekend. And they return with uh, a way to Bournemouth, which Bournemouth have been a sneaky side this season. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they will beat Liverpool, but it's absolutely pressure you want to put on Liverpool going into that game against Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, no, agree. I mean, <clears throat> Bournemouth beat them in uh, March of last year. Uh, there was a 2-1 in the Cup. Obviously, Liverpool won, but it was close in November. I mean, yes, if you go a couple years back, there was a 9-0, but um, I think this iteration of Bournemouth aren't what we're used to seeing. So, yeah, again, any chance that City can get to, uh, to pick up points, especially, too, just kind of adding on to that when um, – Salah and to a much, much, much lesser extent, Endo are away in international competitions. You know, now's the time to pick up points. And uh, do you think City leave St. James Park with all three points? Yes. I, I agree with you. But that leaves us to kind of the last segment for today, which is will City be leaving St. James Park with Calvin Phillips or will they just be dropping him <laughs> off uh, and, you know, saving him the, uh, 
the movers and just kind of take all of his stuff on the team bus with him? It's it's a tricky. I, my hunch is he won't be. Uh, I'll say moved on because I don't think he'll be sold this window. I don't think he'll be moved on by the weekend. Um, it sounds like from the latest reports, City are holding out for a pretty hefty loan fee somewhere in the region of like six to seven million. I'm assuming that's in pounds. Um, that's pretty high. That's a pretty high loan fee for six months, especially for a player who hasn't played for the better part of 18 months, um, hasn't shown that he can do it at the highest level of club football. But uh, I, I would argue that I think it you would have a hard time saying he hasn't shown he can do it at a level that Newcastle are at currently and even probably their ceiling this season. Because when based, Leeds were at their what, best, though? he was... When I mean his form at Leeds that got him signed at City, like he was a major part of why Leeds were so good. I think you can easily say he is at a level where, given Newcastle's injuries and the suspension to Gnali this season, like I, I think he probably walks in and can start in that midfield. I, and and I guess I'm not disagreeing with that based on what we saw at Leeds. But again, what we saw at Leeds was so long ago that if I'm Newcastle or you know, Juventus, Bayern Munich, whoever, I'm saying, how do you justify a $7 million fee for six months of his service? Well, at this point, four months of his services. I, I think if, I mean, if you're Newcastle, obviously you, they're out of Champions League. Did they drop into Europa or are they fully eliminated? No, they, they I think they finished last in the group. I think you're right. I yeah. Think. So, but I mean, they still do have, like, I imagine they want to qualify for Europe again. And I think given the state of their injuries, Calvin Phillips probably can be a difference maker in that. I don't know that they make champions league. I think other teams are too good this year, but I think they could easily qualify for Europa. But even Mm -hmm. if you don't qualify Europa, you want to be in the conference league um, to progress. And so for me, I, if you're Newcastle's decision makers, yes, that is an amount of money that is quote unquote, a little risky, but given all of their other issues, Getting a England international in your side for the back half of the season for six to seven million pounds is absolutely worth it. And I think that, yes, he hasn't played that much, but a large reason for that is less to do with him and more to do with the fact that the level Rodri is at and the level that position at City takes is so much higher than kind of anywhere else that you're looking at a defensive midfielder that... I would not be surprised if Calvin Phillips moves to Newcastle and then is playing week in, week out. And people are like, why wasn't he playing at City? And and it's just, it's a different kind of position and situation entirely. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if using Newcastle as an example, if, if that loan went through for, again, say 7 million, that come the summertime, say it goes well, maybe City asks for a slightly lesser fee to buy, right? You ask for a higher loan fee up front and maybe that 40 million turns into 35, whatever it may be. Um, but at, at this point, you know, I think just to kind of wrap up the Calvin talk, I hope he goes to a club like Newcastle or I, I'd like to see him stay in the Premier League, to be honest with you, um, for his career. And, uh, you know, wherever he goes, I I think I echo probably 90% of the podcast and saying, I hope he does well and, um, obviously he's, he's a great person. It just, it just hasn't worked out. Yeah. I echo the sentiments entirely. And, um, you know, lastly, Joe, uh, you and I quite often, 
at our, our former home would uh, discuss transfers. And I'm not asking you to analyze anything, <laughs> but in your heart of hearts, does City sign anyone this transfer window that plays for the first team this year? Uh, no, I'm going to keep it blunt. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I would love it if they did. I think there's some people out there. I mean, if the Joshua Kimmich rumors are true, I'd buy your hand off for them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't believe that that's that there's no way that can be real. Um, especially no, they're the, just that they're rumors for yeah. sure. But, um, but other than someone like that, I just, I don't see anyone being available that improves city squad enough that you bring them in now. Um, there, there may be youth players or, you know, prospects that get signed for the, the you know, 15, 20 million range, but they certainly aren't going to be uh, coming in and making a difference this season for the first team. Agreed. So, well, with that, uh, we will bid you adieu. And um, we've got one more episode coming tomorrow um, to get ready for this match. And then we'll have a bunch of content next week, despite the fact that uh, City won't really have uh, any football matches. So we're, we're coming up with some fun ideas. We think you'll enjoy them nonetheless. Um, but Joe, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much, Andrew. Pleasure as well. Yeah. Well, uh, cheers, everybody. And we'll catch you all next time. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.